Good morning. Happy Tuesday, beautiful people. I thought I would be over this suffering by now. And I'm not. <laughs> oh, God. I tell you, it takes so long for me to get over these damn episodes. It takes so long. Ugh. But anyway, here we are. Now my, my ears are in like flamed. Ugh. So how's everybody doing? So last night I uh, moderated a panel for uh, solving the Connecticut eviction crisis. Had some folks on from uh, New Haven Legal Assistance, uh, the Connecticut Mirror, uh, Communities for Strong Partnership, and uh, Voices for Children. And so, you know, we chopped it up a little bit. It was, I think it was a good conversation. Um, I, I do think there's something to, to be said about people understanding how to have conversations and panels are really just conversations. And I think what happens is people get on panels and and they just get siloed into their thing. And so don't ask them a question beyond what they're prepared, you know, that that they're in their silo for. So, uh, but, you know, I, I do my best to try to bring a conversational level to panels because people who are on panels the people who are listening to them uh, are not in their community. So you have to be able to converse in such a way that the information you want to share reaches the people who most need it. We're not preaching to the choir. And while your colleagues show up and support, those are the people you're not talking to. You're talking to the people who this affects, who are affected, and uh, and who are looking for information to see their way through, uh, whatever it is. So the art of conversation uh, is a way to sort of bring bring all that stuff down to a manageable label, le uh, a manageable level at the table, so that um, uh, people can pick up good information. So that's how I approach panel moderation. You know. Um, um, it's not so much that I pitch the ball and you hit it. It's more, I bounce the ball in your court and you bounce it back. Um, uh, and then you talk to each other on the panel. You know, it's not, let's just sit and wait for the question to come my way. The exchange has to be free flowing and the exchange has to be, you know, I was on a great, I moderated a great panel for the indie reviewers at known last week. And it was such a joy to watch those uh those reporters, critics, uh art critics go back and forth with each other. I I loved it. It just flowed and the audience loved it. And uh and uh I'm not gonna say they didn't need me as a moderator. Absolutely they needed me as a moderator. Me and uh Stacy, they needed us as moderators. Uh, because you know we had to put some you know, lob some questions out there. Uh, but the way that they conversed with each other and was interested in each other's work and wanted to know about what they thought about things, I loved every minute of it. That's how a panel should operate, I think. You know, it was just a wonderful, but, you know, but, you know, but then again, these are writers 
uh, and a lot of them, well, at least one of them is on Sunday morning CBS. So, so he's used to talking, you know, but they were, they were amazing to talk to. I enjoyed them very much. And I still feel some kind of way about the conversations that they were having because it was, it was so move moving and engaging. And I could have sat with them all afternoon conversing uh, because I, I like conversation that flows and shares. And I walk away feeling like, oh, damn, I just learned something. Or I like what that person had to say about this thing. Or, God, I couldn't stand that mess. Like, I really couldn't stand it. You know, but but I, it elicits, it evokes some feeling from me um, from a panel. So, you know, uh, I'm not saying I'm a master at this. I'm just saying uh, I've done this a lot. I mean, a lot. And uh, and I get a sense of how it flows. I And I get a sense of how to make things flow. And I get a sense of, you know, how to get people uh, to relax a little bit and and uh, and even though we're talking about serious things, you can invite a little levity in periodically um, so that we don't lose sight of being human. And uh, <coughs> and with all panels, you're not going to cover everything because you know you have a real finite amount of time. You know, have hours and hours and hours and hours. You have like an hour and you're not going to cover every single thing under the topic. You're just not. So what you try to do is uh, talk deeply about one or two things. And if and if the other things arise, then you could get into it. But you can't. I, I don't like rushing through to get to a topic. Oh, we have to. Oh, we have to talk about this now. And, and we don't finish expanding uh, on what we left on the table. So that's how I, I come to it. And I think people who pick me the moderate understand that. You know, uh, I like talking to people. I genuinely like talking to people. But I've always been like that even when I was a kid. You know, I even when I was a kid, I'd get on a bus and I would just have conversations with people. <laughs> with people. I get it from my mother. My mother was very much that person. She would just, she would just, my mother had no enemies. I mean, she had enemies, of course. We all have enemies. We all have people who don't dig us. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't, I don't spend no time on that. But I, I know there are people out there who do not like me. I, I don't know who they are. <laughs> they don't, they don't come to me. They don't, they don't come up to me and say, you know, I really don't like you. You know, uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't concern myself with who doesn't like me. Um, but I know there are, I don't, I don't live in a bubble. I don't live in a bubble where, uh, I think everybody's just going to dig every single thing that I do and just like me. No, I, I know this. I'm not a child. I know there are people out there who don't like me. <coughs> and I know there are people out there who would love to see me not succeed at anything because, they just don't. And I don't think those are larger numbers of people. Don't get me wrong. Like I I'm not I'm not like some of these other celebrities or whatever. I'm not even a celebrity. I'm just somebody who's known in town. So uh so I don't even I don't even worry about that. 
so much. You know, I do what I want to do. I go where I want to go. I see who I want to see, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think that could be annoying to people. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think people can be really annoyed when they see somebody uh, go about the world unbothered the way that I do. And that uh, nothing crushes me. Now, there are things that will break my heart. Absolutely. And I've shared that. Things that have broken my heart. You know, it's coming up on the anniversary of my nephew's passing. And uh, uh, it's been a year. And it's weird. You know, because I always think of him somewhere in the world. Even though I didn't see him as much as I wanted to see him. But when he was a baby, I had him all the time. You know, when he was a little kid, I had him all I had him all the time. You know, he was my kid. You know, and I just I just loved him. I just I just loved him so and I still love him. The love has not stopped because he passed, you know. Uh so I, I know if I'm feeling this way, his father must be feeling this way. Because he was the apple of his father's eye. And uh and I know my brother Mike loved that child more than anything. Uh more than anything. And so, uh, so yeah, so, so the anniversary of his passing is uh, next week, I think, or coming up. And, uh, and it's, you know, I'm bracing myself to ease into it, to remember uh, that time, his life, you know. Uh, and 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 I and I and to roll it back to people not liking me, you know, he had I guess he had some some friends, some people who felt like I shouldn't have been talking about him on radio and about, you know, his passing. Which I, I didn't understand that. But they they they, they tuned in because I talked about it for about a week, I guess. And they tuned in and they were just like, How dare I? And I'm like, that's my nephew. Are you high? What is What's wrong with y'all? This is, do you know I was there when that boy came into the world? So don't, you, nobody could tell me what I could say unless this is father says whatever. Um, So, so yeah, so I think I was, you know, acutely aware. And then they, then they tried to come for me on social media, some old mess. And I just, I was tickled by it. Because they didn't really know what to say, uh, say about me. Because they, they didn't really know me, so they were like that lady, and who is she? And you know, I'm thinking to myself, who am I? I'm like, what? What kind of question is that to ask somebody? You know, uh, uh. So I say all that to say, I don't concern myself with what people think of me. I think if you concern yourself with what people think of you, you you won't get anything done. Uh, you just you just won't, because you'll be spending your time tending to foolishness. Uh, I you know I you know I try to share my children when they were younger and they were going through these formative formulative years, you know, concerned about what people thought of them and oh, it was exhausting. And we all do it. We all we all have our moment where we go through uh, wanting acceptance. You know, when you're young, you know, you want acceptance. And and I wasn't a kid that wasn't popular. I I I I believe myself to be pretty popular in high school. Like how I am now is pretty much how I was in high school. 
except I'm way more evolved, way, way more evolved. But I, I had a lot of friends in high school. Like I knew people. I didn't have a lot of friends. I knew lots of people. And uh, and I, I um, flowed in between groups of people. You know, I had my Church Street South friends. I had my Eli Whitney friends. I had my basketball friends. I had my tennis friends. Um, you know, I had uh, I had all kinds of friends in different patch, you know, different patches of things. So I always flowed like that. <clears throat> I guess there were people who didn't like me in high school. I don't know. I don't recall those people. I just I don't recall. I think um, maybe some older older upperclassmen. Uh, foolishness, you know. So I don't know. I don't. I I just think that's a fool's errand to be spending your time. Uh, and I think you know you see it with celebrities because that's such a that's such a heightened awareness. You know, people have such visceral opinions about celebrities, and uh, and when I look at how people talk about celebrity. I'm like, gosh. So that's kind of like hate at the next level. Admiration and hate at the same time. You have all these adoring fans and then you have people who just hate you or whatever. Oh, I hate the way she wears her hair. I hate that outfit. Oh, I hate the way she eats cheese. You know what I mean? Like, I hate who she's dating. And, uh, and it can be fun to sort of be like pick apart celebrities, right? Until it gets mean-spirited. When it gets mean-spirited, it's time for you to pull up. You know. You know. Take it or leave it. You know. I, 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 you know, I have celebrities that I absolutely like. And there are celebrities who I, I don't keep, give a rat's ass about. I don't concern myself with what Kanye West does. You know. I, I, I know people should or do have are. I, when I hear about it, I'm like, okay, I, it passes me. Like, I'm like, first of all, I'm old, so I don't concern myself with Kanye. I, I, I'm certainly not concerning myself, and I'm in the age cohort with the Pinkett Smiths. I'm not concerning myself with their foolishness. They went a long way around the world to sell some damn books because they're not really, they're not divorced, they're not really separated, they're not anything other than hustlers. But that's my opinion. And then I'll leave it at that. I saw a little meme, a little song where this woman was, she created this whole song about leave me out the chat room. I don't need to know all your business. <laughs> you cannot outdo black people for innovation and creativity. You cannot. I thought that was just hilarious. <clears throat> I thought it was hilarious and on point. Now, Jada Pika Smith has a right to say and share as much of her life as she wants to, and there are people who will consume it. I've got no problem with that. And Will Smith can, whatever he does, does. I, I don't, I, 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 in the moment, talked about it, and then that's it. I, it's not an everyday let me just go into this, what they're doing. But there are people who get paid to sort of do that. 
who spend their time gossip, you know, a, a gossip. We used to call it gossip pages. Now I don't know what we. I think I don't know what we call it now. But you know, gossip. Um, and gossip used to be a big deal until people start getting their ass kicked. You know, like Wendy Williams was a big gossiper. Uh, the sister read gossip. Um, uh, so there were. There were all these little, uh, I mean, back in the day, blogs were a big deal. So, you know, you you get these celebrity sightings and people would spend a great deal of time, you know, following celebrities, uh, trying to get the 411 on them, all this stuff. You know, to be the first ones to say, oh, I saw Usher tipping in at four o'clock in the morning, you know, that kind of stuff, like gossipy stuff, gossipy. I don't, I don't know if they still call it gossip now. I don't know what they call it, but in my day it was called gossip, and uh, and sometimes you get good gossip. Sometimes you want to hear good gossip, not gossip that'll hurt or destroy people. I'm not here for that kind of mess, but I am here for a little bit, not a lot. Uh, when I'm with my friends, we spend so little time gossiping about people. Now there might be like we might have an interaction with somebody, and we'll like dissect it. But that's it. <coughs> that's it. We spend very little time talking about people. I think about that all the time. It's like we very we don't talk a lot about people at all. We spend a lot of time talking about okay, how are we gonna get over there? <laughs> oh, this is coming. How are we gonna get to that? You know, how are we gonna how are we gonna manifest a trip to to Martha's Vineyard this summer, next summer. Like, how are we going to do that? <laughs> you know, that's that's how we work on stuff. That's how we do it. Uh, you know. So, uh, so yeah, and I rather like that. I ra I rather I rather like that a lot. So, you know. Anyway, uh that's where I am. So, that's a long way of saying I I don't care what people think of me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a long way to go. I know, it's a long way to go. It's a long way to go. But go we must. So, uh, I haven't started my new book yet. The day has gotten away from me. I have so many things that I need to get done, particularly around uh, 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 applying to law schools. It is such an intense, evolved process. And, you know, when I applied to college, you know, there was no computers. There was, um, there was um, typewriters. So my cat used to type all my applications for college because she worked at Yale in some department. And she's long since passed, but uh, it was a uh, it was a good conversation. It was a uh, she was she helped me very much. So now, uh, <laughs> uh, Uh, so now you can you can upload stuff and you can 
let it sit and hang out and send it and never, never, uh, never have to deal with uh, taking it to the post office, mailing it, putting it in envelopes. Just send it off, which is uh, so future, so futuristic. You know, you can just send documents over the internet intact, right? That wasn't the case when I was a kid. You had to type these applications out and there'd be like pages and pages of applications. And then you had to like put them in a big envelope and you had to take it to the post office, get the right postage, you know, and make sure, you know, if you wanted somebody to sign for it, you know, it was a whole evolved, involved thing. Because if they didn't get your application and then you have to make copies of it and you have to send it again and stuff had to be original, some stuff. Oh my God. That was wild. My um grad school application, I think, had to be hand mailed too in 1997. So, but it wasn't as labor intensive. Like you'd get information on e emailed to you, and then you printed it out and you filled it out and then and you mailed it. So, I remember one time my nieces, my niece and nephew, my late nephew, they were uh, at at my mother's house and I had my cousin's typewriter and I was working on something. And she was standing there, she was staring at it, and she didn't understand it. She didn't understand this concept of a typewriter. And she came up and she was like, Auntie Babs, is this some kind of printer? <laughs> and the look on her face was just like, she just could not understand what the hell was happening with this typewriter. She just couldn't understand it. She just couldn't understand it. And uh, I just, I still am tickled by that. Like, Auntie Babs, is this some kind of printer? And I just looked at her, I was like, well, <clears throat> uh, probably. Yeah, that's, I guess that's how you would think about it because you're of that generation. You know, she was a little kid. And so, you know, these little kids already grew up with um, computers and email and tech stuff and virtual and Zoom, like they they know this stuff. Now this was before Zoom and and the level of technology that we have now, but they had already been introduced to computers, personal computers, that kind of thing. So they were already on that. Uh, you know, they were already on that tip. So. So, you know, it's amazing to sort of see how far we've come. I'll tell you what, Harry, this morning I saw on the news and then I saw it on the social social media. This bear got into these people's house and went to the refrigerator and took out a whole chicken or some old mess out the freezer. And people are like, well, how did he know? I was like, you know, bears can smell. They have they have a heightened sense of smell. So a refrigerator is not gonna a, a, a refrigerator is not gonna stop them. They can smell through the refrigerator. And he took what he wanted and climbed out the window. And uh, and all the comments was like, 
Yeah, but you got all these cameras around your house. Why are you leaving the doors open? Well, the bear had came through. They had left windows and, and doors unlocked. And these bears are sophisticated. Um, they know how to open the door. <clears throat> and they know how to climb through windows. I, I don't want to live any place with a damn bear. I would I would die. Oh, no, I saw one on I saw one on the internet, Ife, where it wasn't lasagna. He had a whole chicken. But this one got lasagna. I saw the one on TV that got the lasagna. I've seen so many bears. People leave their their um garage doors open. These bears come in, you know. Uh, and if they come in once, they'll keep coming back, you know. So I don't want to I listen, listen, listen. This is why I live close to the city. I live in the city. When I age, I'ma live close to the city, if not in the city. I I don't like wild animals. Not because I I don't think they belong. I think we don't belong. We are encroaching on their habitat. And it's ridiculous of us to keep encroaching on their habitat and to think that because we're there, they're not going to be there. That's just white supremacy. Just to take over stuff. You know, I'm calling everything white supremacy these days. Because the more I learn, the more that I... The, the more I'm annoyed. And I just like, I, white folks, y'all got a lot to atone for. A lot. I I I get why DeSantis is running around the country. Him and the Texas foolhardy, fool-headed governor don't want to teach nothing. Because y'all look terrible. History is unkind to y'all because y'all have created death and destruction everywhere y'all went. White people. No, and everybody knows it. So I, you know, whatever. So anyway, we are encroaching on these habitats where these animals uh, used to roam free, and now that we're building houses and communities, uh, their piece of where they used to could go is becoming smaller and smaller. I could be wrong, but you know. I feel some kind of way. So I don't want to, I don't, I'll go in the country for a short period of time. And and if they say bears on the trails, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not walking on the trails. That's just me. I, 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 I don't, I don't want to encounter anything. You know, I'll be in the house at night. The doors will be locked. The windows will be locked. But you know, you see some bears, they just crash through the door. Because they're hungry, right? They're just hungry. They're not. They're not trying to like. Oh, I'm a bear. I want to ruin the humans' good time. That's not what they're doing. They're like, I smell food in the vicinity uh, where I live, and let me go find it, and then let me go get it. Wild. I can't do it. I don't know how people do it. And 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 you can't just kill these bears. And it's unfair that we would just kill them. I know. You can't just kill them. You know. And and maybe transporting them to a better place might be the way. You know, because humans love to displace people. You know, they love to move people from one place to another. 
So why would animals be any different? Like, why would you be any different with animals? Animals don't have any rights, you know, or, or, or so we say. You know, humans believe they have dominion over animals because we are upright, walking, thinking, laughing beings. And so animals don't have any, any rights. And we think we're superior to them. So therefore, we uh, hold dominion. And uh, and the animals are like, yeah, that might be true. But guess what happened? Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to come through that door. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I know these people love to be in the wilderness. And they, you know, I don't want people, I don't want neighbors and I want... I want miles and my I want peace and quiet. I was like, mm. but you want to leave your doors unlocked and bears coming in and tear up everything. I mean, they just come in, you know, and then they leave. And now they've been in your space. They're gonna come back. They're gonna come back. They're gonna come back. And now you gotta gotta deal with that. And so you gotta make some arrangements to either you know they either move the bears to another part somewhere where you know they can't find their way back to where they were because i watched some of this on um on 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 some of the the shows the science shows the nature shows and i was a kid remember when you were a kid you used to watch um what's the little show that used to come on, on sundays uh and and you get to learn all about the animals and stuff it was it was uh it was wild but I loved it, and I and I had I gained a, a a real respect for animals. I'm not a pet lover. I don't I don't like pets like that. I don't. My son has a dog. You know his second dog, and he got a cat. My daughter has a snake. I don't even know why. I was like, so you you have this snake in a in a container, a, a thing, a t fish tank. And it doesn't have any friends. And and you feel all right having this snake that you talk to every day or whatever, but you're not a snake. So the snake doesn't have any friends. It doesn't have any it can't it can't explore the world. That's that's I, I don't like things in captivity. I think that's probably why I didn't like the circus. And now the circus doesn't have any animals in it. Did you know that? Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus has don't have any more animals in their circus. Now they have all these other things, you know, that will excite you and delight you. Acrobats and lights and fireworks and all the things. And no animals, which, which I rather like. Because I couldn't stand. Elephants are, are, should not be doing tricks. You should not be having elephants on a ball jumping through a hoop. Elephants shouldn't be doing that. Neither should tigers. Neither should bears. I, I want to like... see that. I want to see that elephant that jumps through a hoop. Well, <laughs> How big was that hoop? <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you prefer, Babs? Um, eliminating humans? No. Because I, the, I, the reason... I don't want to eliminate anything, Harry. Because the reason that everything is like where 
going into their territory is because population growth, right? So people spread it, out across the it, land. Is it population growth, though? Is it? No. Population growth. I mean, people... I Where, are, Harry? You think so? Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of land in America, but as, as we expand, we move whatever species is on that land away from their land, right? So, uh-huh. I mean... I was just reading an article that in the savannah, um, the animals are more scared of hearing a human voice than a lion growling. Right? So if an animal is at a watering hole getting food and it hears a growl from a lion, it doesn't still run away because the lion is not always going to (laughs) attack. But as soon as they hear a human being, yeah, they, they gotta run, bounce. They run for their lives because it's like they're more afraid of humans than the king of the jungle. Yeah. So I mean that's kind of depressing that we <laughs> that that's if, if animals see us that way. So I mean we we're literally even the animals know that I, we're at the top of the food chain and we see them as food. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like they run away, but I mean, I mean, it is what it is. Look, mammals in South Africa were twice as likely to abandon their watering hole when they heard human voices than when they heard lions growl, mm-hmm. a- according to the study. So, yeah, I mean, that's where we are. That's where the animals are. They're like, oh, they're taking up the earth. But when you look down from the space from space there's so much land in america yes america is a big country so it's like i don't understand but it's not why. big it's not big as other places but right but i don't understand why like we we decide we're going instead of going to open land we say you know what no let's knock down this forest <laughs> instead you know I, I think they should come up with regulations where they don't you could only take open land, not not forests where the animals are flourishing and surviving. Mm. But I hear you, Harry. I listen. That's where we are, and and you know, and by the way, don't judge the bear. I was hungry. That's listen, why I climbed through that window. I said, I, the one that was on TV, he stole the lasagna. Yeah, I, that was me. I was hungry. So you know that bear gonna come back every Monday for lasagna or whatever it is. He'll be especially, back for ta- he'll be back for Taco Tuesday. He'll be back for Pizza Friday. Yeah, especially since they leave the window open. It's like oh my god, an invitation. But I've seen so many videos with these bears walking to people's houses and yeah. like go in there and they and they know how to open the door. Yeah, if, that's why. If you first off, with the condition of. America these days. You shouldn't be leaving your door open. You know, because you never know home invasions and stuff like that. But the bears have wised up to that. They like, you know, let me check the windows. <laughs> <laughs> let me see if they have an alarm system. <laughs> they know how to disable your alarm. <laughs> oh, I I was like, what in the world? I I I, I don't know what I would do if I came home or I came downstairs and there was a bear 
I mean, I know the bear would probably be afraid too and try to get out, but I don't know. I would have to go run off too. Like, you know, it it is interesting, right? Because I have I have an assortment of weapons in my house, right? I wonder what what would you use to shoot them? Because I'm thinking if I use my pepper ball gun, would that just piss the bear off more? <laughs> you know, he'd be like, I don't, I don't know, Harry, because I don't have these kind of conversations. <laughs> I'm thinking because they do have um pepper spray for bear, bear pepper spray specifically. Oh, then that would just make them run off, right? Cool. But. But would a pepper ball that you would use against humans would that just piss them off? Like if I, I hit... I'm not trying to find out, Harry. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I know that was exactly what I said when I went to the Great Smoky Mountains. I was like, she said, "Well, if you encounter a bear, you know they they're usually not going to attack you, but if they do, usually come and die. <laughs> hit them in the nose." I'm like, "How about I stay in the car?" <laughs> I I gotta she because she didn't give that one right. She said, "Punch him in the nose, poke him in the eyes." I'm like, "I must stay in the car." How do you do that? Like, how do you? Well, when when he's on you, when he's about to eat your face, Babs, when he's about to eat your face, he's on top of you. You go, let me poke him in the eye. That's, that's the same advice they give you for shark attack too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. You got to punch. Same him in advice. Got hit him on the hit him on the nose or poke him in the eye. Yeah, and if and if you are if you you have the ability to be calm while your your arm is being being eaten or your face is being eaten, if you have you know <laughs> the capacity to calm yourself and poke him in the eye. But usually you're in full panic. You're not thinking, hey, if I just poke him in his eye. <laughs> I tell you what, I saw, the, I saw the guy in the trail, Harry, and the mountain lion was after him. Like it was stalking him. Like yeah. it was following him. And then he realized uh, it was following him. And uh, he was like yelling at it, like, get out of here, get out of here. Yeah, you have to. And that's the only the only thing you have av- available to you, especially like they- it happens all the time um, in California where these people, yeah, they take bike rides on the mountain. Why would I do that? It's like, how about, that? well, I was just going to say the streets, but the streets are more dangerous right now in California. I guess you, you take your chances with the lion. <laughs> yes. Or you get yourself a stationary bike and you stay home. Stay in, stay in the house. Put it on the deck. Be like, oh, I'm outside. I don't know, Harry. I I just don't like these dangerous encounters. I'm not one of these people. I I just it doesn't because just my luck. I cannot run a lion or I mean a mountain lion, a cat, a big cat. I, you cannot run Babs. I cannot run anything. An a, an alligator moves pretty quickly in a straight in a you know straight line. And I would fall. So there's that. <laughs> Yeah, you're that person where Jason is chasing you and you have to fall. Like, I would fall because I'd be trying to go so fast. My legs would just... <laughs> and the thing is, is that literally you have to be like um, 
what, what was it? Lot and his wife and Saddam and Gomorrah. Don't look back. Just, just keep going. Back, just, just keep going. Keep, people fall because they so look I, back. So I run into a building or something. Like so I literally <laughs> hit a wall. I hit a wall. Like, yeah, no, I'm not looking back. No, but these things are quick. Even that, like I said, even the alligators. I remember my daughter, my daughter used to always say, Dad, if you get in trouble with an animal, run zigzag, zigzag, zigzag. I'm like, nobody's thinking zigzag. Unless you're running from the police, that works too. Zigzag. Zigzag running from the police works too. Have you seen those videos they running from cops? Cops are like not in great shape. They're not the best people to be chasing anybody. Well, you know, it's always interesting that the crackhead's cardio is better than the cops. <laughs> yeah. You have the freaking crackhead running all over the place and the cop is like, <laughs> I'm like what, what cardio is that crackhead doing? <laughs> so, I don't know. Huh. Terrible, terrible, terrible. So, yeah, so, no, we're we're going to stay in the city limits. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll try. Like, I was, I thought it was dangerous when they said, oh, yeah, the bears come up to the car. Just people don't want, feed, people don't think. Don't feed them. Yeah, don't feed them. Don't stick your hand out. But they, they do. As soon as you say that, Harry, you see a car behind you. Somebody will get their hand out. And yep. they're feeding these damn bears, Burger King, all this kind of mess cookies stuff like that right and 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 actually the signs where it says don't kill the bear what they mean is don't feed it because as soon as these bears get you know they you normalize them approaching humans that's when you get attacked because they're like wait you're not feeding me today (laughs) (laughs) you don't you don't have that option you either feed me or i feed on you my damn Snickers! <laughs> yeah, it's my lasagna. It's my damn lasagna. It's like he knew what he was looking for. He felt like Italian that night. It's like, oh yeah, tonight is Italian night. Let me. Oh, like you know, it. today is um National Pasta Day. Oh, is it? Yeah. So, what's your favorite pasta, Babs? Uh, I like, I like a lasagna. I like uh, spaghetti. I like thin spaghetti. I like very thin spaghetti. You like the angel hair? Yeah, I like angel hair pasta. I, I like ziti too. Like I like a baked ziti. Yeah, I well, I love baked ziti's, but I prefer the thick spaghetti. Thick oh, spaghetti and see the thick the thick spaghetti look like worms. <laughs> not, it's, not, it makes me itch. So I can't. Not, not so thick that it's linguine, but you know. I, I like thin pasta. I like it. Yeah. You know, but yes, spaghetti and meatballs are my favorite. Um, but big CDs is up there. And a good lasagna every once in a while. I don't I, I'm not I love lasagna, but not that I want to have it a lot. I, I like a good lasagna. And you know, and now that you know they have so many great vegan cheeses out there. You know, they have vegan ricotta cheese and mozzarella, all those good cheeses. So you could really just make stuff. I used to make a baked ziti all the time with the ricotta cheese. You know, let me, I want to, you know, shout out my granddaughter, Bella, because yesterday, and now this is the first time this has happened to her. 
in school, but some she she had an allergic reaction to something in school. She's usually on point with everything. Uh-huh. But something she ate, had, she had an allergic reaction. She had to be taken to um, the emergency room. They used the EpiPen. Um, she's fine today, but... Oh, yeah, because we have the same... Yeah. We have the same allergy. Like, so, I'm suffering now because I had something. Well, it was the salad at the bar. Yeah. The 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 uh the the uh pecans, whatever the walnuts, the candy yeah, when walnuts. I, when I called her last night, she sound like you sound right now. She yeah. has that that uh that you know that jazz voice. voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it to be over, Harry, because it's been kill. I feel like oh god, but you know I got some new co- new meds, so it makes it a little. This, the 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 symptoms are not as harsh as they used to be when I was younger. You're listening to Love Babs Love Talk on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. So I don't yeah. feel so bad. Yeah, so, it, you know, it's it's always scary when she goes through that. Um, yeah, because what happens is your whole body starts to shut down, you know. Your lungs fill with mucus. Yeah. You know, you, you get a temperature, your feet, you get a fever. At least for me, the, fever, my organs start to react. Yeah. The scariest part is the, the breathing. The how, breathing. You can't labored. breathe. Ugh. It's scary. I know. I Well, I, you know what? Tell her I'm sick too. We just, we're going to recover together. Yeah. you know, And it's so hard because... You know, people don't understand. People like us, we have to, we have to be like Columbo, right? And she, you know, so it has to be something that they told her was, yeah, and and they left an ingredient out when they told uh-huh. her, yeah, because they were like, oh, I don't want to hear about it. All these kids, these allergies, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. And I don't, I don't want to say that they did that on purpose. I just think people don't believe the severity of allergies. Yeah. Because yeah. I get this. Well, it was just a little bit of butter. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's that's exactly it. I remember when, when she was smaller that I used to go on her school trips and stuff like that. And it used to shock me every time when they used to not supply a separate lunch for her. You know, they would just order pizza for the whole group. And I'll be like, you know... Bella can't eat pizza. And they would be like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, well, you know, I bring a lunch in, in my car. I always have a backup for her. But you guys need to know better. Or I would say, you guys have an EpiPen, right? And they'd be like, oh, no, why? I'm like, what do you mean, why? You need to be, you, you need to be on point with these kids' health. Oh, yeah. We forgot to request it from the nurse. You can't do that stuff. Yeah. They're not good at what they do. And it's just that they, they right, they hear allergy and they just think, oh, everybody has an allergy. These yeah. Days. I get that all the time. I get it all the time. People just dismiss it. I was like, you know, this will kill me. Like, I could yep. die. I don't want to die, but I could die. All right, so uh, Sylvester Sal- Salcido is coming on, Harry. Remember him? He's our Fil- Filipino compadre. He's uh, I saw him at Next Haven 
Saturday. Uh, he out there doing his thing. So he's going to be the guest at 1015. Stay tuned. Look for that link. You're listening to Love Babs Love Talk on WNHH LP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. All right. We'll be right back. on my mind, trying to explain what can't be defined, and for so long, it's been so strong, suddenly it's clear, now that I can hear, these love notes, the ones that I wrote, oh these melodies, there are some memories And these love notes I found in an old coat Mean something new All because of you to lean on can you hear me come near me I have been dreaming my angel will come but I never expected that you'd be the one now I found you I wanna stay around you suddenly it's clear now that I can hear that I wrote Oh, these melodies Here are some memories These love notes I found in an old coat Means something new All because of you
that we wrote These melodies Here are our memories Oh, these love notes I found in an old coat They mean something new All because of you
Second hour of Love Babs Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. And uh welcome back, Sylvester Salcedo. It's good morning. Good morning, Babs, and to all the fans over at Babs Love and Love Talk. So um <laughs> thank you very much again for inviting us back on this wonderful month of Filipino American history month. Happy Filipino Heritage Month. Thank so you how very much. Are you? I haven't seen I'm, you in a while since I'm I saw great. you. Uh, Thank you. And, you know, I was just thinking as I was trying to fix everything up over here, I said to myself, you know, every time I run into Babs, it's either at a arts international ideas and uh, wonderful happenings event or at an art gallery the way we met uh, over the weekend at the uh, Next Haven um, studios and, and, and gallery. And there was a wonderful program uh, put on some uh, put on by some wonderful artists in the well, I, I guess New Haven, but greater New Haven and the world, really, because uh, from what I understand, many of the, um, uh, I guess, what is it, resident artists come from all over the world, from um, here in New Haven to, I think, Ohio, California, South Africa, Nigeria. So it was it was a very exciting evening to see you. But anyway, before we start, Babs, today, uh, as we said to our, our listeners, and thank you very much for, for having me back. Uh, it is the month of October, which is uh, Filipino American month, but it is also, um, it is also to our Italian American friends, it's October is also Italian American Heritage Month, mm. which is, seems a really appropriate mix, right? I mean, that's what we all want to be able to, in fact, that's what I want to, uh, talk about today, which is, I don't know, the sign doesn't really look great here, but it says, how do you say DEI in Italian? And of course, I'm using a wonderful model here to be able to bring that idea to you. And the answer in Italian is right here. Okay. Consapevolezza. 
consapevolezza. It rhymes oh, that's with right. You, you like Italy. Like you, yeah. you, you go to Italy and spend I, I time. Went, I went two years ago. Well, I mean, I, over the years, over a lifetime, I've been going back. Um, well, the first time was with my aunt when I was about 15. She brought me uh, on a trip to, you know, the usual Italian trip, Rome, Florence, Venice, and then you go home after you see all the great um, uh, sites of, of history and architecture and art uh, in, in Italy, um, maybe ancient Rome or uh, the Renaissance and so on. But, uh, and of course the Navy also brought me back to, to Italy from time to time. But recently, just two, two years ago, I did go back specifically to go to Palermo, which is in the island of Sicily. Mm -hmm. where many of our uh, fellow Americans of Italian heritage actually come from. They come from uh, mostly Southern Italy, right? Because historically, that has been the most impoverished uh, area of um, modern Sicily. In other words, people think Italy has been around for thousands of years, but that's not true. In actuality, Italy as a country, the modern Italy, is uh, only um, became reunited in 1861. So kind of the first year of our civil war, that was that was the uh, unification, uh, what they call risorgimento in, in, in Italy. But uh, I wanted to tie in both um, our sort of shared love for the arts, uh, our, our Italian American uh, fellow uh, compadres here, as you mentioned, but also, because one of the things I wanted to do with DEI, that's sort of been my my theme in the last uh, year and a half or so, because mm -hmm. DEI has been a very controversial issue here in uh, you know in in our state across the nation. Uh, it's it's sort of a very um, divisive. I mean, to 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 not mince words at all, it's been a very di divisive issue, and I think mostly because of a lack of um, thoroughness thoroughness in, explain, in explaining exactly what DEI is. And I know there are a lot of forces that try to compound DEI, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion with CRT. And CRT, which is of course the critical race theory, it, it actually is, again, from my understanding, and I, I feel like one of those one of those um, pundits on on cable TV. You know, I'm not a lawyer in this case. I'll have to say I'm not a I'm not I'm not a professor. I'm not a historian. But just as an everyday citizen, you know, the the, the explanation I've gathered from my my reading is that CRT critical race theory is just a university theory. It's just that it's an it's a it's an academic theory that just says academics uh, are trying to explain why we as a country are at this juncture in history, right? That what they're saying is what's happened in our histories, you have to look at it from the point of view of um, looking at race in a critical manner. In other words, a good example of this, a very simple uh, way to look at this is, you read in the story, you read in the paper a story about a young African-American mother, let's say, who takes her child out of her school district and, 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 and um, places her child in that school district, which by law she's not allowed to do. So she's discovered and then she's taken through the uh, criminal justice system and she's arrested and sent to jail, say, for five years or 10 years, which is obviously ridiculous. Yet comparatively, the same justice system that we have will get a, let's say, a similar profile, a young white mother who will do something equally egregious, right? Like take her daughter, who let's say here in our area is 
from, say, Woodbridge or my hometown of, of Orange, but send her child to the New Haven Public Schools because New Haven has this wonderful magnet, uh, let's say, uh, the, the um, I'm trying to think of the school that has the arts and, and theater, right, which maybe the suburban schools don't quite have because uh, of the concentration of the uh, instructors at this particular magnet school in New Haven. So if that white mother is caught and it taken through the justice same justice system, um, her her punishment is a lot lighter. Let's say you know both mothers are equally guilty of the same um, illegal act, but the way that justice is meted out is not is not even. So that's what my understanding of critical race theory is as a way of looking at our history. And then of course, it gets compounded because now you have a lot of, um, whether they're local community activists or they are a national uh, you know, political force that's well-funded or uh, heavily funded by you know, our millionaires and billionaires in this country, then it really gets compounded. So much so that, for example, last night I was at the school board meeting for our district here at Amity. So that's Woodbridge, Bethany, and Orange. Mm -hmm. And for the last year, I personally, as a resident and, and parent of a, a student in the, um, in the Amity uh, Regional Middle School and High School, I made it a point to go and participate every uh, month at the board meetings to just give my little three minutes of why I support DEI, right? And one thing I've noticed is they, the opposition, they always have a group of uh, parents or former parents, community uh, members, who will always get up there and say why DEI is wrong. It's actually, uh, um, you know, sort of the opposite it, of, of what it means to be, that that DEI is actually racist towards uh, the 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 majority population or the white population, which again, really, I I don't think it's true. Now you may have individual circumstances or individual events that where in fact that might be true. But as I said to these individuals, why don't we meet as a community and talk about this, right? But it never really happened. They've never really accepted my my invitation to have a sit down, like a one on one. Mm -hmm. The way we're supposed to be. In fact, last night one of the one of the speakers who who really caught my attention is, um, and he's a fellow resident here in Orange. He said that he ran into a Russian visitor sometime in the last month or so, and this this Russian uh, person told him that what he admires about the United States most, from the Russian perspective, is our um, ability and our sort of uh, openness to have a public discourse about anything and everything, you know, whether it's who has the best pizza or where's the best, uh, you know, where the best behaved bears living or whatever it is. He said they don't necessarily have that in Russia, but here we have that except when it comes to something today like DEI. And so, for example, that's why I, I put these uh, pieces of art uh, to share today in particular, because this guy, of course, it's Michelangelo's um, David statue, right? It's been around, I think uh, Michelangelo chiseled it, uh, sculpted it 500 years ago, 1521 to 1524, something like that. So it's 500 years old. Now, this sample here was just 
painted this year, 2023, by an African-American painter out of Bridgeport by the name of William Will Corporal, C-O-R-P-R-E-W. And mm -hmm. Will is, you know, again, a multi-talented African young African-American artist out of Bridgeport. He usually does gigantic murals. If you drive around Bridgeport, you might see some of the examples of his work. And actually over the summer, uh, he, he got a, um, uh, I think a grant to, to do a, a huge mural down south in, in uh, one of the Carolinas, I believe. So here, what, what Will did is he basically took, instead of a, you know, again, Caucasian, Greek, Italian, Irish, British, anything, American, uh, he used a, an Asian model, right? And in Asian art, I mean, I, I just went to the Yale Art Gallery uh, last week, and I looked around to see where can I find a piece of art, a painting, a sculpture that uh, projects the uh, physical attributes of an Asian man. Now, Asian women, uh, for example, like in the Philippines, we have tons of, of, of Filipino <laughs> master painters who do female nude sculptures and paintings and so on, but they never do male. Now, why that is, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still, do, I'm still doing ongoing research and 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 trying to dig up what is the sort of mental thinking about why it is. I mean, was it the, is it the Catholic Church? Is it uh, some sort of uh, you know they're just generally shy? I don't know. But to me, the point is, again, how do you say DEI in Italian? And the word is consapevolezza. And simply consapevolezza means awareness. So the point here is now you have awareness that Asians of any uh, country or ethnicity, maybe Chinese to, to Southeast Asians, to um, um, you know people from Thailand or Vietnam or the Philippines, that in spite of their history, where maybe they never focus on the human figure, well, we as Asian Americans, we get attitude now. So <laughs> we're saying we want our turn on the pedestal that this guy has been standing on for 500 years, right? It's only, it's only, it's only fair. And like anything else, art is supposed to challenge uh, convention. It's supposed to challenge your thinking, right? It's supposed to push, uh, push the boundaries, shall we say, right? That's always what art does. It, it opens new way of thinking and new ways of awareness. So to kind of go around in a big circle, and I'm trying to avoid saying, let's circle back, you know, because everybody always says, well, we're going to circle back to that. So going back full circle, I think the point that we'd like to share uh, on this Filipino-American History Month, which again we share with our our, our brethren and sisters from the Italian American community, but more so than that, I do want to hitch a little bit on uh, Harry. I don't know where Harry went, but before he started talking about uh, showing up as a bear eating your lasagna, um, the first two weeks of October is, of course, Hispanic Latino History Month. Also, mm -hmm. and for years, I have pushed because Filipinos we are really um, conflicted. You know, we have one foot in the Asian American community and we have another foot 
in the Latino uh, American culture, shall we say, or the Spanish speaking um, world, because, pardon me, <coughs> for this reason, for years, when you ask people in the United States, like, you know, what is a Latino? Because Latinos, they'll say, well, it obviously did not happen, or rather, let me do it in a positive way. The beginning of Latinoness or the, the Hispanic identity really only started when the Spanish explorers, conquistadors, uh, travelers, explorers traveled across the Atlantic Ocean, right? Uh, Pizarro, Hernan Cortez going to Peru and going to Mexico. And then, of course, this guy, although he's Portuguese, Ferdinand Magellan, who, funded by the King of Spain, uh, ended up in the Philippines, discovering it and so on. And then, uh, as it is, bless you, uh -huh. as it is, the Philippines, the name itself, uh, the name itself comes from uh, King Philip II of Spain. Right. That's that's how the, the country Philippines uh, uh, was was um, was created. So Filipinos really, unless you're Cuban or Puerto Rican, as I always like to say, Filipinos spent 60 to 70 more years of um, uh, under the Spanish direct Spanish control and colonial rule from from the 1820s and 1830s. To, to 1898 when the Americans defeated Spain in the Spanish-American War. So uh, as a matter of fact, it came up last night on the um, at the board meeting, at the Amity uh, Board of Ed Education meeting, Some somebody asked, why is Hispanic um, Latino History Month September 15 to October 15, kind of half of one month and half of another? And the answer is from what another uh, friend told me, it, the reason that the whoever you know created Latino Hispanic Heritage Month, what they did there is they compromised and they they took the last two weeks of September because Mexico and a lot of the Central American countries had gained their independence in the in the in the last two weeks of September, right? And then it went up to October because other countries also then subsequently got their independence during that period. So that's sort mm -hmm. of the compromise there. And uh, and it's fine. I mean, in fact, to me, from a practical point of view, uh, as a come looking at it from a Filipino American community, I kind of like it because you know it gives us a chance to to get reunited with our um, other former Spanish colony brothers and sisters. But at the same time, uh, one of the things that that uh, I think is important about these um, these uh, what's called you know, affinity or 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 ethnic group history months. Um, and I, I'm going to just uh, try to insert here another conversation I had recently. You know, monthly, as a veteran, I belong to the um, American Legion here in Orange. And we have, you know, Wednesday night dinners. And I was talking to one of the the, the older, um, well, older, I mean, I'm I'm 66, almost 67. So this guy is like maybe in the 70s. But I was I was telling I said, Joe, you know, I said, why? Uh, I was talking about DEI. And he said, you know, DEI, these things are not important anymore because we're all Americans, right? We should celebrate uh, American Americanness. And I said, I agree with you. But because of the way uh, our country uh, developed, that we are really a country of immigrants, 
unless you're you know a Native American or you were forced to come here, mm-hmm. like many of the you know African American um, fellow African American citizens whose ancestors were brought here forcibly. I think the whole reason for these um, efforts to have Black History Month, Filipino American History Month, Latino uh, History Month, Italian American Heritage Month, I said is it's just uh, sort of a, a small way to share with the rest of, of the of the other group of immigrants and native peoples to share for a moment, just highlight for a moment, bring again, right? bring awareness. And most of all, personally, I think it actually benefits the members of that particular ethnic group. So for me, for example, you know, being Filipino, uh, the last time, well, the first and last time I was with you, I was I was explaining to you how, because of Filipino American History Month, that's really the only way I find out more about my own history and the history of Filipinos in this country, right? Mm-hmm. So otherwise, you're too busy doing other. I mean, you know, you're celebrating St. Patrick's Day, you're celebrating, uh, you know, Christmas, you're celebrating Columbus Day or Indigenous. Uh, People's Day. So you don't really get to focus on your own family's background. And so I I said to him, I said, I think it's just a good way to have a pause in your year-long experience, right? Because everybody always, you know, at Christmas, everybody always has a New Year's resolution. I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to start this program. But yet nobody ever sits down and says, well, you know, I'm going to read five books about the Philippines this year. So this is one quick way for me to kind of invite you, Babs, and bring you in, because as my community service this past two weeks, I drove around area libraries, the universities. So I started with Fairfield U in Fairfield, Sacred Heart University next door. Mm -hmm. I went to uh, here, uh, the Southern, and I went to uh, Alberta's Magnus. I ran out of time because I have to pick up the kids from school. So I didn't go to Yale, but I'm kind of just making a big assumption. Yale is Yale and Yale is every book in the world, right? But yesterday I had a chance to drive up to Yukon in stores because I went to meet with a, a professor uh, by the name of um, uh, Jason Oliver Chang. He He's Chinese American, but he, he he he's a professor of history, but he also heads up the Asian an Asian American Institute up at UConn. So, you know, we I had a chance to just chat with you know, introduce myself to him and have a chat because he was actually introduced to me by um, somebody else from Hartford uh, who told me about the work that uh, Professor Chang does. So while I was at UConn, I did the same thing I did at these other colleges is I went directly to the library and if you know the Dewey system, that's the way librarians yep. stack their books, the right? Dewey so Decimal System. Right, exactly. So if you look under DS, DS anything, that is the section that uh, are books about, you know, the, the Southeast Asian countries. So, you know, Thailand, uh, Burma, Vietnam, the Philippines, and so on. So I'll give you the quick count as my community service. So Fairfield has, um, well, I, I'll start from the lowest to the highest. Unfortunately, Albertus Magnus has zero books. The next one in line, I believe, had 14, and that was Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. And the next one is um, Fairfield, and I think they had 49 books. And then um, 
who am I missing? Oh, Southern. Southern had some good ones. They had some some classics. I mean, some some first edition from 125 years ago, 1899, 1901, 1900. Uh, they had about um, about 60 books. And of course, the ones who, who win the first prize is Yukon. They had they had 289. And it's funny because before I walked into the library, I saw this young man in his bicycle. And I said to myself, this guy's Filipino. So of course, he was thinking the same thing when he looked at me. But that's because I, I was wearing my my veteran's uh, jacket that had the, the Filipino flag. So he said, he said, oh, I knew you were Filipino because of the flag in your coat. So I said, well, I said, I knew you were Filipino because of your good looks. And so we just had that big laugh. So anyway, I asked him, I said, I said, have you looked in the library here? Because he was coming out of the library. And of course, he, he's, a, he's a young kid from Stratford and, and his mom and dad are, are in, you know, I think nursing uh, field, of course, the, the healthcare system, but uh, friendly, friendly young man. So I said to him, I said, um, I said, Mark, how many books do you think your library here at UConn has about the Philippines? So he said, nah, probably between 75 and 100. So I said to him, well, you know, this is Connecticut's premier, uh, you know, institution of higher education and great basketball team. So I said, I'm going <laughs> to guess it has around 100 to maybe 150, you know, just because, you know, it's kind of well-funded. So the, the answer is um, 289. So wow. it was pretty good. Yeah, but, you know, I, I have to say they, they had, what happens is, of course, you know, UConn, they, they were able to afford these huge, I mean, Encyclopedia of Philippine History, which is like a 12 volume of books, which I'm sure poor Albertus Magnus doesn't have quite that that kind of funding. And um, I don't know about the, the other universities, but again, it, it it's not necessarily a f reflection. And I don't mean to try to show that the, these universities should go buy more books or whatever, because it really depends on their students' level of interest in these fields, right? And number two, uh, even if you had 50 Filipino students at Albertus Magnus or at, at Fairfield uh, or Sacred Heart, which they don't, those students may not necessarily be interested in finding or reading books about the Philippines or Filipino history, right? So I was thinking the way to really make it fun for them is to reflect what they see around them, more mm -hmm. specifically what they listen to. So I'm going to share with you like I did last time, perhaps, right? Three names, three names, okay? H-E-R. I, oh, I should have started the other way. I should have said Gabriela Sarmiento Wilson, a.k.a. H-E-R. You know who she is? No. Okay. She is, she, she won Grammys and stuff. And again, you know, I don't really know this. I just sort of hear it off, off the side of my ears. But uh, she's about 26 years old. And... Her dad is Mr. Uh, Wilson, who is African-American, but her mom is, uh, I think, what is it, Agnes, uh, and, and she's uh, a, a Filipina, mm. right? So uh, so when you when I think back to that young man, Mark, the, the young Filipino-American I met just outside the, uh, the uh, library at UConn yesterday, so, you know, he was rushing off to class, of course, but if I had a chance to sit with him and, and several of his other friends or, you know, Filipino-American friends or even just regular friends, you know, I'd ask him, you know, do you listen to H-E-R? Um, and again, I don't yes, know. Yes, if... her. Yes, I know. Who her. She yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Her. She I'm just sorry. did a, a Disney, uh, live Disney stint a few months ago. Yeah. As, yeah. as Belle. Belle. Yeah, yes, the beauty, yes. There you the go. Beauty there and you the Beast. Go. Yes. See, again, 
Babs, what does what does this mean? Right here, right here. Consapevolezza, awareness, mm -hmm. right? Next name, um, Olivia Rodrigo. When I did my tour of the libraries, she's on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, right? So yes. it caught my eye. I said, I've heard of this young lady's name. I don't really know her music because I'm an old guy. But <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo is, again, uh, I think her father is Filipino. And her mom is, you know, American of Irish, German mix, kind of like my wife also, you know, Irish, British, Italian. And the last name I'll throw out is Bruno Mars. And I, I think, love him. And he's yeah. probably one of the more famous Filipino. Yes. But see, I want to tell you a quick story about Bruno Mars from, I don't know, maybe I think this was pre-COVID, kind of when he was sort of at the height of his uh, of his of his uh, fame. I remembered seeing a um I don't know if it was a YouTube clip or or actually from a newscast. And it was a young African-American young woman, she, teenager, you know, maybe 15, 16. And she was so mad in, in, in this in this little film clip saying, you know, how dare Bruno Mars, because uh, the topic was about um, uh, cultural um, misappropriation, right? Or cultural appropriation of somebody else's culture. So this young woman, she said, I'm African-American and I resent the fact that this, you know, uh, this uh, uh, Latino guy, uh, Bruno Mars, is is <laughs> taking over, you know, our, our, our music sound or our culture. And so I said to myself, I wish, you know, we had a chance again to sit with this young lady and tell her about consapevolezza, right? Awareness, because if she had a chance to just, uh, you know, take a deep breath and say, well, who is Bruno Mars really? Well, Bruno Mars, his mom, uh, again, the poor woman, she's passed away, uh, God rest her soul, but um, she was Filipina. And the father, uh, um, I, I think uh, Bruno Mars's real name is Peter, uh, I can't even read my writing, Peter Harry, G. Harry put in the chat that Bruno Mars is half Puerto Rican and half uh, Filipino. Filipino. Yeah. yeah. So Peter Jean Hernandez is his real name. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, his art artistic name is Bruno Mars. And, uh, and so it makes it difficult, right? So, But if you, if you saw him singing and they said, this singer, is named, his name is Peter Jean Hernandez, because it's Hernandez, you would think, again, Hispanic, which, of course, you would be half right, because his father's Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican Jewish, I think, from Brooklyn is, is the way uh, Wikipedia describes his, his father's uh, ethnicity. Mm -hmm. um, but you know you would you would lose the part about the Filipina the fifty percent Filipino in him right it would get lost in in the mix so it's the same thing for example I used to think in the years back when people used to th think of, uh, talk about the greatest golfer right Tiger Woods you know everybody said oh Tiger was he's the best African American golfer out there and I always used to think well what happened to the other fifty percent of Tiger Woods, because his mother's from Thailand. <laughs> she's she's Thai, you know? Uh, it, so the, the whole Asian part of, of these um of these personalities, uh, you know, achievers, where they be musicians, artists, and so on, um, it gets lost in the mix without consapevolezza, awareness, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I think, and I'm glad really that we in this country, going back to that poor Russian guy, uh, you know, my fellow orange resident ran into, where he's saying that, you know, in Russia, you know, we look to the U.S. and we, we really admire this quality about Americans. 
in our ability to be able to um, really talk and discuss and debate anything and everything, which he says, I, I don't mean to say that he said this because Russia is so, um, you know, oppressive from the government, but it's just kind of their culture, right? They, they just don't talk that way. They just, you know, you have your own Russian thing and I have my own Russian thing. Uh, I believe, I believe that, that does, that's the sense he was trying to uh, communicate. So anyway, again, I want to be able to, to, to get out of the way here and show our DEI in Italian. This is the word of the day for Harry. He should write this down. It rhymes with pizza. Consapevolezza. Uh, it means awareness. So with Filipino American History Month, Italian American Heritage Month, um, you know, as we go through the, well, the rest of the year, it's kind of winding down here. I mean, soon it will be uh, Halloween and then uh, Thanksgiving. And But as I said, I think it it is just worth a moment's pause in our lives to think awareness, really. Because really, that's what, that's what DEI really only is. And it really shouldn't be controversial at all. And um, I'm not. I'm. Lo I'm looking at how much time we have. But uh, if we have we five, have like, minutes, we have so... like no. We have like two minutes. Oh, two we... minutes. Okay. Well, I'll close with this because next next month is going to be Veterans Day month, right? November eleventh. Yes. Eleventh hour. And you're a veteran. You're a. Veteran. I am a veteran. Yes. Yes. Twenty years in the Navy. Twenty years in the Navy. So oh, well, then you have to come back on during that month and talk about that experience. Okay, I'd love to. Of course, <laughs> for you, Babs, we we will bring back awareness uh, of, of military service and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know and, and a salute to all our our fellow veterans who who you know obviously served. Especially now, you know, I think we we've gone through generations where our our um, our military force is really all voluntary. Years ago, it was only the Marines that you had. Uh, only the Marines had all volunteers, right? Everybody else. Navy, Army, Air Force, sometimes you got drafted like during, uh, well, we haven't really had a draft since the end of the Vietnam War. But anyway, with that thought, again, how do you say DEI in Italian? Consapevolezza. <laughs> Thank you to Will Corporal who had drew, painted this beautiful Filipino model of ours here. By the way, his name is Kidlat <laughs> Damang, means lightning spider. Oh. So yeah, well, there you go. It was a pleasure having you on. I feel like I got a a master class in in uh, history and culture of uh, thank you, Babs. Latino heritage, uh, Filipino month. So well, I mean, for, again, we want to make it fun. Yeah, we want to make it. We want to make it so that we we make it fun, especially for the younger for the younger generation, right? The ones who who are listening to to her H E R. Uh, mm -hmm. or Olivia or Bruno Mars, you know, just for them as they enjoy the music and just sort of, as I said, take that pause, take that deep breath and say, hey, what else is it about them that you can appreciate the diversity of their families and their roots and, you know, how they contribute to the whole of America or United States of America, rather. Thank you so much. Thank you, Babs. And Harry, I have to talk to you soon. <laughs> no <laughs> bears right. in orange. No bears in orange. Okay. So, so Sylvester will definitely come back for for uh, Veterans uh, Day. And oh, I'd love to. We'll love have a good to. conversation. And uh, so, y'all be safe out here. Enjoy this day, and uh, and I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you, Sylvester. It's good seeing you. Bye. Bye.
Thank you, Harry. <laughs> 